Hello and welcome. This is another episode of the Lasting Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Toffee, and joining me is it's me, the the wild, the, the Hanun kid himself, Shafik uh, Lynch. <laughs> I don't know what this. This is the most cowboy name I could think of immediately. No, I shouldn't have started with Shafik. No, I should have been Clint. Clint Lynch. There you go. That's, Clint Lynch. That's, yes, yes. That's a cowboy name there of the Lynch Boys gang. Yeah, coming into yeah, town. Yeah, keep the doggies rolling. <laughs> doggies rolling. <laughs> Is that a Blues Brothers uh, reference, sir? <laughs> yep, yep. And 10 years ago, a really magical game came out from Rockstar. Uh-huh. It's called Red Dead Redemption. And yes, we're going to be talking a bit about it. And before we get to that, let's go tackle some gaming news that popped up. I've recently heard that Evil has been cancelled this year. Or has it? <laughs> or has it? They're actually going to turn this entire event online. I'm not sure if you can call this cool or not, but... Right now, this event is going to be happening over the course of five weeks, starting from the 31st of July to the 2nd of August. So generally, the main games they picked is Street Fighter V, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Samurai Showdown, yeah. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, mm. because it's a new game that came out this year, Soul Calibur VI, Tekken 7, of course. the new Undernight game. I think the update that came out a couple of months ago. You got to read the they full title, call- sir. <laughs> okay, fine. Undernight, Inbirth, EXE, Late Clear. Which and now it's called Uniel for some reason. Last <laughs> time it was called Unis, now it's Uniel. And then the other three games or four or th- four of them that's going to be joining them as open tournaments are Skullgirls, second on the core. latest version. Yeah. Yep. Killer Instinct, the Xbox exclusive. Uh, them's Fighting Hurts, a pony game you might have heard of, basically featuring My Little Pony characters fighting each other. Finally, we're bringing the bronies to evil. Hmm. Yes. Yes. And of course, and of course, Mortal Kombat 11. The because aftermath, the update is coming up. We've they, always wanted to know who will win in a fight between Scorpion and Robocop. Yes. That is the uh, that is one of life's many mysteries we want to find out. Who would obviously. win in a battle, huh? <laughs> Scorpion or Robocop? Uh, I know, I know. I think it's just man as fan service, I guess. You know, like oh uh, well. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the clusterfuck that's gonna be Evil 2020 online. <laughs> this mm. is like a whole new can of worms, considering that I think among all the games I listed there that they've announced. I think two of them that are actually made that made it in, they don't are actually well known for their net codes. Particularly Street Fighter V and Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Mm. There have been a lot of complaints with these games. And the other games like um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and Under Night, they're based off um, that the delay the, the delay frame technology, the one where it's input latency and stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how to explain it. It's to be predictive honest, technology, know? yeah. Thank you, predictive, thank you. It predicts <laughs> what you're trying to do. This is gonna be a total mess. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so like I do understand that there is a need for the tournament organizers to because it's a yearly event, it's traditional, okay. There's always been an evil since back in the BBB days. Like the thought of them having to cancel evil in light of the current global pandemic is totally understandable. Now, for me, my point of view is basically, what's the point of doing this online? Because a lot of these games, as you mentioned, have not very good online. Their net code is very questionable. Yeah, they're better being played offline anyway. Especially Smash Brothers, which is not on the tournament roster. Because of... Because of its terrible net coding, yes. Yeah, and then like, if you want to have a game like Street Fighter V, and it's going to be online only. Okay, three out of five matches is going to be one with lag. Or disconnects. Or How like- many of these assholes will be playing on Wi-Fi? Yeah? Seriously, right? Yeah, just to win. This is just sad. But you know it's going to happen Not even somehow, just to right? win, just to have the excuse like, lag, lag, you know, I was robbed, man, yo. And among among all the games we mentioned there, I think only three of them have the option to detect whether the other guy is playing in Wi-Fi or LAN. Really? Which ones are those? Uh, Mortal Kombat, I believe Killer Instinct as well, and mm. Skullgirls. I think Skullgirls is the one that's going to suffer the least because it's still using sprite technology. So there's not a lot of rendering necessary. You don't have to push pixels like compared to the other games where it's all based off 3D engines, right? What we want to yeah, yeah. Know is is right now is what are the steps and the provisions that's going to be put in place for Evo Online to be a success? Yeah, how's the screening process going to be like? I mean, we can only guess because nothing's been announced. Because the thing is, if you're going to get people from Japan to connect all the way to people in America, this would be a great argument into how important netcode is, especially in fighting games. And this is going to be that baptism of fire that's just going to like convince everybody, yeah, this will never ever work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they might even change it to something like it's based off regional fighters. So US fights US, you know, Japan has its own bracket. And then we see the best from each region. But then it still brings the problem of like when we finally connect all the winners together for the international, 
how is this gonna work? Because it, mm. already we're dealing with input lag. Okay, on top of that, then we have also basic lag, which is internet lag. And then we also have to cater to the possibility that is everybody going to be legitly playing these games? How do we confirm, like, how do we prevent task bots from taking part? Yes, bots mm. or other cheating programs that can bypass mm. anti-cheat measures. And like, how through. many people are going to start loading up their, uh, like, Street Fighter trainers so they can have auto combos? <laughs> Yeah. We've seen those assholes online. They're real. <laughs> okay. And imagine if pools is nothing but taskbots, right? It's like, it's a car crash waiting to happen. But I also yep. want to be a little bit positive because it's like, I do understand that the tournament organizers had to do something because you, you couldn't have a year without evil. It doesn't make sense. Especially when you're a company that's not built out of nothing except fighting game tournaments, online and offline, regardless. Mm. Like now to have this uh, pandemic happening and taking out taking out that one thing that you are renowned for to bringing everyone together for this one tournament in Las Vegas, yeah. that's gonna be quite a damper on your plans. So of course, contingencies have to be made, plans have to be created on the fly. Now, okay, again, like you and I, I think we are hoping to see this to be a success, hopefully. Yeah. Or if it's gonna be a car crash waiting to happen let's hope the fire burns bright we'll see <laughs> but also and also, also that brings up a number of other questions especially from the community since it's a, it's a tournament it's a public event mm-hmm. how are entry fees being done yeah because it's like traditionally uh, because EVO is usually held at uh, maybe like a hotel or somewhere you need to cover event expenses you also need to cover expenses for bringing sponsors and other people in here's a, another thing there's also all the legal issues about okay if these kind of gaming yeah. events with prize money is not entirely legal in certain parts of the world or even certain parts certain states in America and then you need to go through certain gaming licenses in order for these kind of things to take part Oh, Japan also had this issue about uh, yeah. esports as well. That's been going on. That's why Momochi didn't get his prize money at that time, a couple of years back. Exactly. So it's like, okay, yeah. this feels like they had to at least announce, like, hey, here is maybe a. It doesn't feel like they, they thought this out, but they just. It felt like they needed to just say something. We just haven't figured out how. So I don't know. I mean, what about you? What do you think is going to be the outcome of Evo 2020 online? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, it's um, nice to speculate, but also. I don't know. Play devil's advocate. Maybe this works out. Do you think this will change the way we look at tournaments forever? Uh, not forever. This is probably just going to be a stumbling block. So if they actually pull it off or at least have some semblance of success, like maybe high traffic, even if there's a botch finals, if there's high traffic or people actually care watching about these things, yeah, then they might have another. They might have another evil online happening. Maybe after the main evil, you know, something like a side thing for the rest of the world to participate. The online only tournament. I think, and that would be actually a good thing if they can pull this off. Because then, like, if we recall, like, the last time we talked about Tekken 7 was the rise of uh, Arslan Ash, right? Imagine if the kid doesn't need to go through the whole rigmarole of going through, like, you know, customs and because yeah, he's from Pakistan. Visas and immigration. And visas stuff. and immigration. Like, no, you just play online and then, like, okay, if the games and the and the connection is perfect, like, guys like him don't need to go through this whole un- un- unnecessarily obnoxious process. But also at the same time, like, how are you going to fight the the cheaters? You know, there's going to be a lot of assholes with who join pools with their passports. I'm good. Yeah. I guarantee. And then like, how do we ban them and how do we check for them? You know what I mean? I don't know. Okay, so I think that's about all we have to say about EVO Online. Okay, now speaking yeah. of uh, online debacles. <laughs> yeah. So Summer Games Fest uh, came and went. Uh, I caught the live stream on GameSpot. Did you catch the live stream? I only saw like the playback after. Yeah. Um, I saw the Unreal Engine 5 display and that's about it. Uh, Yeah, it's extremely impressive what they can do with triangles and what... <laughs> and how it looks nowadays and how they're selling the promise that this is actually going to be gameplay on the PS4 like no stops no nothing again this is all like it could be smokes and mirrors for all we know right I think it is smokes and mirrors because I think there is a few like tweets and a few reports out there that shows how they're actually hiding loading times and how this demo was actually cut to look like you know all of this was happening in real time so I am not going to speculate nor am I going to validate any of these claims because until I have it in my own hands uh, I will have no opinion on it Yeah, but until we see a game that uses the engine seriously. and therein lies the problem because it's, we didn't see a game we just saw another tech demo another tech yeah. demo and then Jeff Keighley goes on a zoom conference with like the developers and the guys behind the engine and how many minutes was this uh, zoom it was too again? long sir <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's really nice when people who care about the stuff that they do and they do very well get to talk lovingly and laboriously about it but if you were to pay attention to the comments on, on the on, on the YouTube video 
and it's just nothing but people spamming Z's because literally like okay this is this is cool this is something you should have saved for a GDC or for like you know a, a shareholder meeting but us as gamers is like this engine looks pretty what do we do with it <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and I think this is also that's th- the biggest question in everybody's minds after all the Z's and the little quips here and there yeah it's like why is this a games fest and you're not showing us any games I mean the only thing that anybody actually took from it is the fact that oh yeah uh, THPS 1 and 2 remastered yep cool that's the only game I've heard came out is there anything else that you announced eh, nothing worth of note because again like it just feels like to me that uh, Summer Games Fest and the previous Xbox gameplay showcase was like this is nothing but tech demos and cinematics there's nothing that's truly enticing me to be interested in any of these pro- products and again I feel like I don't want to repeat myself but this is also me harping on the fact that the game developers game publishers game journalists the whole media machine behind gaming nowadays seems to be pushing content to us that really gamers don't care about it's like you're not showing us games you're just showing us marketing material this is not yeah, interesting at demos all that in kind of related news of the xbox and the summer games fest there's been rumors that playstation might be hosting their own ps5 branded event like early next month so yeah, the ru- if there's, a, if the there's anything sony might probably take a few takeaways from these events and maybe do one up them per yeah. se you know it'd be, <laughs> be really fun who was the guy who did the this is how you share games and he just passes the game into another guy's hand oh yeah yeah the uh, uh shuhei yoshida and that other guy yeah. who was doing the playstation it, worldwide it, stuff yeah imagine this right like the opening of the ps5 is just like yoshida-san and then he's like oh hey everybody look Gameplay. And he just shows gameplay. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. All the way through. No cutscenes, no intros, no cinematics, no tech demos. It's just like, so when you select your character, you do this, and this is your combo, and this is your fight, and this is your inventory. And then it's like, oh my god! <laughs> PlayStation coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would I mean, blow my they've mind. Actually done, they actually done that with the last state of play they did, which was uh, on Ghost of Tsushima. They showed off quite a bit of gameplay. Almost like 20 minutes! plus minutes of yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, I want to buy this game because... This, yeah, yeah. this like, is how you cater sh- to the demographic. <laughs> this is how you should showcase stuff in your Xbox thing, Xbox. Yes, like. exactly. Show gamers what you get to do. Don't show them things yeah. they get to see. It's a totally different yeah. way of engagement. That the problem with the way games like media is like advertising their product, right? It's like basically look at these graphics, look at the story we're trying to tell, look at all these things that nobody cares about. When I saw the Ghost of Tsushima, like the the fifteen minute playthrough, like yeah, this is more than enough to convince me that I want to play this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially the last part where like, oh, you can play this game in black and white like in a Kira Kurosawa film. And compared to all the other media that came out, it's like, oh yeah, look, this is what I get to do. This is this looks fun. This looks like something I want to play. And it's like, okay, everybody, here's the first 20 minutes of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2. What? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's here's, all you need. Here's the, first, yeah. here's the first stage, you know? And then you see her, like, you see Alloy is back with a new haircut. And now she's hunting different breeds of mechanical animals. It's like, yeah, no, she oh. has a crossbow or some shit. <laughs> hey, everybody. Okay, uh, here we're going to show you 15 minutes of the new Spider-Man 2. What? And then it's like, now we have this new mechanic where you can, you know, not only walk on walls, you don't need to just swing all the time. You mean you can just walk up any wall? Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> If, if Sony wants to win right now and I don't think they're desperate for a win because uh, whatever they did with the, the latest PlayStation is more than enough to keep them comfortable it's yeah, yeah. all the other places that are kind of scrambling to show some sort of relevance in this day and age because it's like it's still I still am not convinced I need to get an Xbox One Series X what's the full name again? The Xbox Series X so X- Xbox X <laughs> <laughs> This is calling it what it is. <laughs> Do I need an Xbox X? No, not yet. Uh, not yet. What, what would be the killer app? You know what I mean? Yeah, it needs it needs that killer app. It needs that Halo from the first Xbox. It needs that, know? or it needs that Gears of War from the second Xbox. Yeah. Or it needs the from the next Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See that dot 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 question mark question mark. Remember, Killer Instinct was an exclusive for a while. Uh, yeah, no, but not quite killer app. <laughs> Uh, Sunset Overdrive? Rise? Fun game, not a killer app. How about Rise, <laughs> Fall of Rome? Was that a killer <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, now, 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 now you're just stretching thin right there. It's like, start making fucking games, Xbox. We love yeah. your platform and we love your Games Pass service. 
give us shit to play. <laughs> so anyway, yes, uh, that's been Summer Games first. I don't think there's anything else we can add on to what everybody else is also saying about this. Uh, also, in other gaming news, Overwatch is celebrating their anniversary uh, this week. So, uh, happy birthday to the only relevant team deathmatch game left in town, I guess. I think we can go on to our next main topic. Welcome to the anniversary retrospective of the Red Dead Revolver Retrospective Redemption. Oh, there's too many R's in this. Let's try that again. Uh, let's call it Red Dead. Red, let's just say Red Dead it, Retrospective. It's the Red Dead Retrospective here on the Last King Podcast. Yeehaw! You got a pretty mouth there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I don't know. Let's talk about early histories. Do we need to go all the way back to Red Dead Revolver from Capcom? Uh, we can just touch it a little bit. Touch I mean, it? I've, mm-hmm. I mean, I've only played like a little bit of it back on the PS2. This was 2004. I mean, mm-hmm. I did not know Rockstar was actually in charge of this until I saw like the back of the box. They were still called everything. Angel Studio then, right? It was Rockstar San Diego. Uh, before, yeah. Before they were called San Diego, they were called Angel, yes. I'm not too sure. Did they buy the company or did they like... Uh, Rockstar bought the company. Uh, they bought so, it. And, and they rebranded Capcom it. helped mm. and then Capcom ran out of money. Yeah, Rockstar came in, scooped up uh, Angel Studio and then they released this game. Lah. And it, I think a lot of people thought it was okay. I thought it was just okay only because it was seemed like a regular shooter. With a, It's nice to see Western games popping up because I think the only ones we played are like, what? Sunset Riders from Konami back in the day. <laughs> Mad Dog McCree back in the arcade. Or Desperados. I, I'm, dude, I'm not even sure Desperados even came out before or after. I kind of remember Desperados. I, I, I kind of remember not enjoying it that much. But then here's the strange thing. A year later, Gun would come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> From Gun. the guys over at Neversoft, you know, who are famous for giving us the Tony Hawk games. I think a year after that, there was Call of Juarez. Um, I think it was. I think it was under Ubisoft. Uh, and then um, there was that Gunslinger game, which is actually kind of fun for a twenty dollar game. Yeah, I would say this right. It was a very strange environment, especially in the gaming landscape, where it's like games with the, th- the the thematic elements of a western were very rare. And I would think, like for me, I treated it like a curious oddity. Because when I played Red Dead Revolver back in the day on my classic Xbox, I was like, this is fine, I guess. And I kind of enjoyed the gimmick of uh, the Deadeye, where it's just basically Max Payne technology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why you have like two, three studios to ping pong back projects or do something. Didn't they projects. also do the ping pong game? I'm not mistaken. Yes, Rockstar Ping Pong. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> the ping pong back while they, while they were doing While uh, the main studio was doing Bully. and uh, There so- you go. And part four, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Four. No oh, man. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I think this studio proved their worth, I guess, when they did a Red Dead Revolver. It, to me, I wouldn't say that the game was inconsequential. I mean, it had its place, it had its time, but I doubt it kind of sparked any interest within the gaming landscape to actually have more Western games. But I mean, okay, uh, I do kind of appreciate the fact that maybe this was the start of something special, and it was trying something unique and original. Uh, the game itself felt very flat. It felt very... I mean, you played it. You know how it felt anyway. Yeah, so. it's a classic like Xbox game. You know, It felt like, all right, this is a, a game set in the Wild West. You know, There's not much world to discover. And you know, I would say, like, I would not say that the game design was anything special. But it had a few set pieces. I did like the train section. <laughs> it was kind of fun. It exists. <laughs> and I would say that this was the catalyst to lead into what we're going to definitely be talking about, which is the first in the official uh, spiritual successes, uh, Red yep. Dead Redemption 1. So when you talk about stratospheric jumps, <laughs> if you were to compare Red Dead Redo- Revolver to Red Dead Redemption, and then like the fact that like they made a sequel to that game, and yeah. I don't remember it being advertised as such, because when I heard Red Dead Redemption the first time, I thought to myself, right, this couldn't possibly be related to Red Dead Revolver. Because nobody cares about Red Dead Revolver. It exists, it's out there, it's fun. People kind of preferred Gun. Some people are really fans of Red Dead Revolver because it's basically they never played Max Payne, so they, that was probably their introduction to the whole slowdown bullet Perhaps. time mechanics. And I think at the time, a lot of people did not know, weren't aware about Red, uh, Rockstar San Diego's history as Angel Studio back then. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, Rockstar San Diego, I mean, I loved. Midnight Club, Midnight Club 2 especially, one of my favorite racing games of all time. Uh, so when Red Dead Redemption came out, it was around the time of the next-gen HD era of video games where PS3 and Xbox 360s. I mean, it was in development since maybe 2005, right, with the Rage engine, if I'm not mistaken? I think the biggest challenge that they did for Red Dead was to make sure that the draw distance was convincing enough that they can see the horizon like film, you know, like how cowboys would ride into the sunset. You kind of want to see that and make the world obviously as lively as it could because 
we can make an open world game that's big, but if it's empty and feels very lifeless, like it doesn't feel like there's much to do, but there's so much to explore. It's like basically for all those people who want to see the edge of Minecraft. Like, how big is this world? It's that big. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we put that. Or maybe another of- comparison, like the later Assassin's Creed games, like um, Unity and Syndicate. Mm. I did not remember shit from those from France and UK after playing those games, honestly, because nothing was memorable. So yeah, so 2010, Red Redemption 1 came out. We played it for like 30 hours or so. Man, this is quite a magical game. I mean, again, it encapsulates a lot of things from different Western films, most notably, notably The Wild Bunch. I mean, because it was set in that sort of same time period. It's like the failing West. Uh, they were definitely influenced by a lot of the modernists' takes on the Westerns, like your Unforgivens. And then they would also look back to the past and they would look at the Sam Peck and Kapow works because definitely the Wild Bunch was an influence. I would also point to maybe like anything from Sergio Leone, anything from uh, like, you know, John Ford. And even like the soundtrack itself, it's actually channeling Ennio Morricone. I don't know. The soundtrack for Red Dead, it felt too much cliche like it, it because w- when I recognize the Ennio Morricone style sound even the way they yeah. I know I mean like s- some people call it homage I call it like yeah you, you had you, you didn't know what else to do right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> you couldn't think of your but, own thing <laughs> yeah yeah but having said that I actually did remember far away sticking in my head when I was actually riding in New Mexico after the first area you've gone through after you get to the river Mm-hmm. And when you're riding off to, into like the darkness in my playthrough, where basically the song just plays before you reach your destination, it just felt like poignant moment in the game where I think Rockstar is really trying their best to write a serious story in their game. Okay, I agree with you because uh, Red Dead Redemption was definitely a huge contrast to the to the GTA games. The GTA games was basically stupid zany fun, do other like stupid shit. Oh, I'm a I'm a taxi or, driver now. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, or you have a chat app called Twat. So that's. Something so, that like they, you know, stupid jokes lah, basically. I would say like GTA was definitely tongue in cheek, and it took I would say stereotypes within the the, the underlord mafia genre, and they turned it on its head, and it was glorious mm. and stupid and fun, and it reveled in that. And then they were moving on to Red Dead Redemption, right? What they wanted to do was like, okay, let's not make it zany, let's make it kind of like let's do our tribute to Sergei Leone, let's do our version of the good, the bad, and the ugly, let's put it into game form. And I think this was basically the the, the point where they pushed towards the cinematic. Like, GTA 4, to me, felt like, like, okay, we can literally put New York City into a game. All right, let's do the whole Old West. And it'll be less of a problem because we don't need to render all these skyscrapers. <laughs> we just need yeah. to... Oh, we have, like, plains, the, 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 the desert area, canyons, and a few towns. Yeah, there. you know, I think what they wanted to do was, like, we need to up the immersion value. We need to make sure that this felt like you were in a world. Like the virtual sandbox was definitely a lofty height back then, especially because everybody praised like GTA 3. Because when you compare it to GTA 2, look at how big this world could be. And when you play GTA 3 now, it's like, okay, this city is kind of small. Like, yeah, especially at the time when you've already played part uh, GTA 4, it's like, wow, it's like, this game is huge and it doesn't load as often. How did they yeah, do yeah. that? You know, because they didn't have the limitations of trying to cram in all this, like, you know, architecture into a world, right? Then they could focus on other things, like a good story, like interesting characters, maybe put the budget towards certain performances, towards uh, certain musicians to get the musical cues they wanted. Presentation-wise, Red Dead Redemption, to me, still holds up as like, this was an awesome-looking game when it came out. And it It was was, definitely a reason to get a PS3 on Xbox 360 back in the day. Like, you only had that one initial loading and then that's it. When you run around in the world on your horse... Yeah, this just felt like just riding into the sunset, finding a random bandit camp to just shoot down people or, mm. you know. I would say, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you with the fact that like Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4, back then when it came out, it felt like, okay, we can push the technology too. Because it's like, we don't need to have loading screens because literally around the same time we were complaining about how in Mass Effect, yeah, those elevators are, loading, hide, are hiding loading screens. Yeah, and it's like okay how did they pull this off and I think that was extremely impressive about it now gameplay wise on the other hand I kind of was on the fence I wouldn't say that I didn't like it I would say like okay there's only so much you can do within the western genre because if you compare it to something like GTA like okay you can jump into a car run down a couple of people and then you have a SWAT team chasing after you and like okay fun Whereas something like in Red Dead Redemption is like, all right, I'm gonna go out into the desert and oh look, a mountain lion. Let's let's try to be friends. <laughs> hey, they're cute. Or kitty, if you kitty. end up committing crime in a town, you just have like a bunch of cops. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a bunch of uh, sheriffs. Uh, sheriffs and, and their horses. deputies. We're rounding up the yeah. posse to get you. 
You shouldn't yeah. ever rob that there bank. It's like, oh, all right. But it's like, it's not the level of chaos that GTA would like offer. Yeah. And also, you were very limited with your weapons. I mean, you had six shooters. You couldn't go around with an Uzi or a bazooka. I think you had a shotgun and a rifle. That's about it. None of them were automatic. You had to reload every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it was much more interested in being accurate to the time period. Definitely. I mean, Red Dead was definitely trying to be grounded because of the time period. This is what I love about Red Dead Redemption also, is the fact that because they had very limited things to do thematically, this was actually, to me, I think Rockstar's most focused game because it really just nailed the setting, it nailed the graphics, it nailed the gameplay especially. And it was like a perfect balance of everything that would uh, show us like, okay, this is the future of gaming right now. This was also around the same time like something like Skyrim came out. And Skyrim had very notorious loading screens, you know? Oh, Skyrim was the following year. Uh, that was 2011. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, to us it was so strange where it's like, now if you think about it, that this entire se- uh, section of gaming, right, was all about who could get the bigger world yeah. And it's strange to think that it would be Minecraft that would top all of them. Now, this world <laughs> yes. is literally, it'll take you two years to go to the edge of it. Okay, don't even bother. And I think back then, I mean, it was an interesting time for gaming because it felt like we were not boxed into corridor shooters anymore. We were not boxed into arena games anymore. We're not boxed into like fighting games where you just played one, like, you know, fish tank level, right? It felt like there was true exploration. Because even like yeah. when you think about like large scale games, like even say something like Morrowind or like even Oblivion is like okay, you still felt that there was a certain limit to how far you could travel even in like GTA 3 in San Andreas is like and then you play something like Red Dead Redemption and it really truly felt like oh my god this is probably one of the most expansive and one of the most vivid uh, depictions of not only the Wild West but like it really opened up the imagination to how big your worlds could be and what you could do with them yeah, I, I mean, was, I think I think we kind of undersold it in a sense because it's not just deserts. There's also some snow terrain like near the end when you're hunting down Dutch Vandalin. Oh man, like yeah, I'm not saying I'm underselling it, but I'm saying like when when it's just purely vistas, when you remove like you know civilization, right? I would say this like, like to me, uh, GTA. I would say it's a good companion to Red Dead Redemption in the in the lines of like GTA felt like okay, this is the more chaotic, zany, anarchic. This is the punk rock thing we have. And then we have also the more subdued, the more focused, and the more uh, in touch with what it truly wants to do. It, give, it, it was a very yin to the other one's yang. Like you, and, but both of them, what they presented to us was like, okay, this is what game worlds are going to look like from now on. And then everybody had to follow that bandwagon. It's like, we need to top the level of detail and how expensive games are. And it's like, I can't think of any other game before that where the selling point was basically, look at how big our world is. Because it's like, yeah. that, that was the era of like, everybody was like, here's a new sandbox game, sandbox game, sandbox game. You kept hearing that term over and over again. That was the hot button thing. We had to make an open world sandbox game. We had to make worlds so big with so much shit to do. And the difference is, right, Rockstar had the resources, the finances, and the imagination. And the know-how, yes. And, and the know-how, know-how and the creativity to make those worlds look inhabited, look lived in, and not only that, it allowed the player to engage with certain aspects of those worlds. Whereas you play other wannabe open-world games and it's like... You, got you not- see something missing, yeah. There's something nothing missing. to Where do. It- it's like, okay, how big is this world? I don't care how big this world is. Or there are things to do, but it just feels like... Just you're just trying to get to the last part. You're not actually exploring. Mm. You're just doing checkpoint things left and right. Yeah, like like a task list basically. And, and I would say this: it, it was definitely G- uh, Rockstar are the kings of immersion. They are the kings of like creating fully realized three D environments for you to interact with. Keyword interact. Yeah, which would also be I would say their downfall. <laughs> In a sense, yes. Which leads us to Red Dead Redemption Two. So, yeah. Uh, you go. <laughs> okay, so Red Dead Redemption 2 came out in, uh, I think, two years ago, two years ago, 2018. Like, eight years in the making, like, back and forth, slowly being made by Rock, Rockstar San Diego, as well as the Edinburgh office, I believe. Mm-hmm. The, main, the main office as well. I mean, back in 2014, I was in a press junket. I was chatting with a bunch of journalists, and they basically know that, yeah, Rockstar, they work, that, 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 that's all they're working on, Red Dead 2, that's it. Apart from GTA 5, lah. Uh, they, they know that it's coming per se, we've heard news, but then obviously the people there are working there are keeping mum of the project. Yeah. And only took, I think, two years later for them to really announce it fully, like officially. 
And then a couple of years of waiting, after a lot of teasing, hype, some gameplay here and there, showcasing what it can do, your new main characters, it, the game being a prequel, uh, let's not forget, before the stuff in Red Dead 1 happened, like you were, and then the game came out. So as a prequel, as a way to actually look at what the Vandalin gang were like before the downfall, it was a, and 20 years prior, it was a really good look at how it formed, how, it, how the gang started in a merry way where you play a new character, and you play, and you actually have John Marston as a completely unrecognizable character back then before he became the badass in part one. Like how everything formed, like how, like even some characters from part one, how they actually got to what they were. That was a really good study on how to, you know, make make your make players get immersed in everything. Okay. And the gameplay to boot for the first ten hours or so was for actually kind of promising. <laughs> look, look, look! I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Like it's very promising. Like. Again, you get through the snows and tigers when you first start off the game, and then you get to the, like, I think after your whole entire encampment goes down to the, the the not the tundras like the nearest the, the nearest closest village per se, and you start doing your missions to make your encampment like bigger and better. Uh, that's when you start seeing all the other game mechanics coming in, like the hunting. You gotta have to be a bit more silent as well as rearing the horses. You know, making sure that oh you kind of need to make sure you have a stable of horses and. Keeping your guns clean and keeping them polished, I'm sure that's something they kind of want to make it super detailed. But as hours go by, that starts becoming the whole downfall, like you mentioned. Because I believe at that point in time, from 2010, actually even before that, Rockstar probably got a lot of money, more money than they need. And especially all that after money, GTA 4 and the oh, three yes. DLCs that came out after that, yeah, they yeah. Made and with all that the comes. Probably hubris and excess. I mean, you can see this happening in part GTA Five. I think Rock. I think Red Dead Redemption Two is the culmination of this excess, where every little thing from just moving your character around needs to be ad- needs to have a f- bit more frames of animation. Getting on a horse takes time. Getting from point A to point B takes time. Yep. Riding a goddamn wagon takes time, and that's just a little bits here and there. When you get to chapter five, and that's not even the worst part. I guess when you get to chapter five. I think all the ideas to make the game creative with better set pieces and action set pieces just go downhill from there because it becomes a corridor shooter from there on. I wouldn't even say after chapter 5. I would say the intention of the game was very much misaligned. Uh, it To me, why I didn't really jump on the Red Dead Redemption 2 and all the 10 upon 10s it was getting, it totally blew oh, my mind. Oh, that was horse shit, honestly, yeah. Because when I that played this cool. game, I did not feel that this was an advancement in the game series at all. But what it was, was an opportunity for Rockstar to just kind of show us, it's like, we're Rockstar, we can do whatever the hell we want. And it was a level of excess that definitely broke beyond the brink of obnoxious in terms of like, none of this is interesting to me. Why is this a selling point? And I would say, um, Rockstar does have this new penchant, especially after GTA 4. And this is their like this is their trademark now. It's not it's not so much about making an interesting game. It's about packing in as much shit as they can onto a game now. Yeah, like GTA Five. That's basically what it is, right there. And, but and GTA Five was totally pointless to me because it felt like this is GTA Four with just extra shit that I don't really care about. The only thing I liked about GTA Five, I'll be honest here, is when I start doing the heist missions when you know when you're progressing the story you're doing this cool missions where you change characters on the fly and you have to do this and that yeah and that. i was interested in that too but like i would say this about gta 5 i mean i'm not a hardcore fan fan of the gta series but i loved uh, vice city and san andreas and mm. i was okay with part 4 but when part 5 came out i did not really understand the hype because to me it felt like it did not do enough to make this game feel like a next step like a sequel it wasn't the next step you're it right was, it's it was exactly more like the same shit the same step yeah it's the same step it's the same shit but now you graphics. can play <laughs> like I don't know this ping pong machine works or like this yeah. vending or machine or you play tennis with your wife or you hang out with your friend Lamar or something with his dog or some yeah. shit I don't and know. I think the only reason why I prefer GTA 5 to Red Dead Redemption 2 was because it still kept the core mechanic of you get a gun you start shooting random people in the streets and the cops come that will always be fun that element doesn't exist as much as in Red Dead Redemption 2. Whereas oh, Trevor's Re- a fun character too, so I'll give it that. Yeah, and that too. Yeah, Trevor is yeah. fun. Like, And I think that's also like, that's the point where things really start to annoy me where it's like, oh man, uh, these characters are really funny and quirky and quick. Like, yeah, no, not really. I usually skip all the dialogue and all that. 
Whereas in Red Dead Redemption, the first one, what I really liked was the fact, right? Okay, look at this guy do his best Clint Eastwood impression. Like, mm-hmm. all right, there you go. He, he, they're really trying to capture that, that vibe. And like, okay, I, I'm, I'm falling for this. And they didn't make it like a selling point or a core gameplay thing. It's like, okay, this is cool. So when Red Dead, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, the first thing that came to my mind was, what are you going to do differently and how am I going to be engaged? And frankly... I- I think only the only thing they did differently is like just the story itself because it's like you're just showing the happy times before shit got real and yeah, shit got go down there. Yeah, but that doesn't affect the gameplay. Exactly. I mean, that's the sad part about Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption it 2. It didn't have the gameplay to kind of match the gravitas of the tale itself, which is very disappointing. Exactly. Despite all the fun shit you can do, like playing cards and shooting all the keystone cards that come at you door but by door. But it's not if you break that fun... When it's when it is the only thing you can do, and it gets super re- repetitive very quickly. Even yeah, yeah. the cooking, it's not even that different from the first game. On honestly, exactly. In a sense. Even when you do the cooking and crafting, it's like all right, uh, this is still the same shit. Uh, it is uh, actually more busy work when you think about it. Yeah, especially in a when, sense. With, with a game that big, and then like you need to travel longer distances, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to do more uh, horse maintenance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I or say, take that time to skin an animal per se. It's just like, come is on, is this just the really piece. necessary? Do I really need to see every graphic detail of me peeling this squirrel apart? No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, I can sum up my impressions about Red Dead Redemption Two in one article where basically somebody pointed out the fact that the horse testicles were designed to shrink according to the temperature of the the climate of that game at that point of time, and I'm like, how is this necessary or helpful? Or how is this going imp- 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 in- to increase my fun? You know I mean, I'm not going to notice shit like that. Okay, I yeah. barely No not- one is going to, yeah. But this felt like a selling point or this felt like... And I think that's the problem. When the game does not promote its gameplay but promotes all these absurd little things to get your attention. And I, I It's hate- detail and everything. Like, the devil is in the detail. This I think Lockstar took it literally, it's like, basically. It, it, but it's not even details in the good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, okay, here's a detailed thing. Like, oh, you know, in your inventory slot, if you uh, get a, a satchel, maybe it's like extra four slots. Okay, that's a detail. Okay, okay, it, it counters to your... Those are gameplay details. This is just basically, if you took this out, it will not affect the game at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Details are necessary. Okay, that is just fluff. That is padding. That is stuff. Oh, lots of padding and Way lots of Way too much padding in Red Dead Redemption 2, okay? And I don't understand why this game is so highly revered. And Okay, I, and, and the, that, that's the thing. That's the sad part because after a lot of chapter 5 bits, 6, 7, and then when you get to the part where you want, your main character dies and, you know... Spoilers! spoilers. <laughs> for the game that's two years old. Um, you get to the part where you play as John Marston. That's when the game got alright, but I guess it was too late because... At that time, you're already kind of burnt out with all the used-up repetitive mechanics here and there that popped up to yeah. sour the experience. I was, you know, like the sad thing is the one thing that got me excited for Red Dead is not just the gunplay; it's that montage where you build a fucking house, you know, that ranch for John Marston. Really? That's probably the most. <laughs> yes, it's the music. Everything is actually kind of fun, you know. You like it's that? It's a section. quick time event, but it's kind of cute, and it's like okay, I kind of can get by yeah, this because actually, I like John Marston. When when I think about it, it's like this is this is this is a game part. Like yeah, okay, I, I see it. Yeah, this is like the part I remember out of a game that features a lot of shooting and stagecoach <laughs> robbing. That's kind of sad when you think about it. I know. I would say it's not so much that the game is terrible; it's so much that there's nothing much you can do with it. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't I mean, say the game, it's not bad. It's a very yeah. average game that gets way too much. It that's overrated. Yeah, it doesn't quite compare to Red Dead Redemption One. Like, here's the scope. where it's like discipline, I guess, or restraint. That's the word we're using. I'm restraint. not even saying restraint. Red Dead Redemption One was very much them trying to overachieve, and they fulfilled it because they worked within the limitations of what was available, or they were pushing the technology a certain way. Because you look at Red Dead Redemption One. And you look at Red Dead Revolver, you can see the graphical and the technological difference. Mm. And then once you remove all those barriers, and it became... Now Red Dead Redemption 2 feels like, what other shit can we pack in? Yeah. You know, it doesn't really all feel like... All the stuff you've done in Grand Theft Auto V, ah, we'll put it in part, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, except with, you know, the old 1911s, 18, 1889 kind of aesthetics and the charm and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, like, again, like, I cannot say that okay the graphics look amazing yeah they do but they're not that impressive anymore because we've had an entire decade of graphics just like this like mm-hmm. and then also Red Dead Redemption 2 how does this game feel smaller than Witcher 3 
Yeah, that is a sad part. Yes, when, a game like Witcher 3, and then when you have CD Projekt Rick making, to me, still the perfect Western RPG, which is Witcher 3. I'm really worried about Cyberpunk. But okay, that's for when that happens. Like, that game, as huge as it was, felt like there was shit to do every five kilometers. It did and thing, interesting things to find and kill, or yeah. you know, treasure to find. And yeah. like, not only just interesting treasures, because like, that is the kind of detail I want in my modern open world games. And that's the strange thing. Rockstar are the pioneers of such things, and they seem to have dropped the ball so bad because they were so up their own ass about filling in all these other unnecessary fluff. That is like, yeah, but we. And game, making the game move as realistic as a real human can compared to Gerald this who moves fast. He's yeah. a, it's a fucking video game. <laughs> exactly. We yes. don't need things that hamper our enjoyment or our gameplay, okay? We don't need all this extra stuff. That shit doesn't impress us. We want to play. And anything that, uh, that detriments that experience is gonna be, you know, is gonna add to the negative aspects. So, I mean, again. Like, if you think about it, John, like, when you look at Witcher 3, it's a huge world, okay? It's yeah. probably bigger than something like Red Dead Redemption 1, but Red Dead Redemption 2 kind of matches it in terms of scale. But when you think about it, right, even when you just play Witcher 3 and you just... Imagine, like, when you're, like, 10 hours in and all the question marks you uncover and all the possibilities yeah. and all the things you can do. And then you look at something like Red Dead Redemption 2 when you open up your map and you're like, it feels very threadbare in the fact that... You know what I'm saying? I only felt, I only felt that in, like chapter 5 and beyond but for the first half of the game I get to see a Ku Klux Klan member I get to wreck no, that no, shit up exactly I'm, I'm, but things. I'm saying in general like the, the consistency also it's like it felt like they packed so much stuff in and then when you go through halfway through the game it feels like oh they, they ran out of ideas at this point Oh yeah, Witcher Three did not have that. Thankfully, Witcher Three never. Yeah, okay. I mean, from and, start to and finish. it's so strange yeah. to compare like Witcher Three to G, like to maybe like Red Dead Redemption. But then there are two games where there is no technology and you ride a horse around. So yeah, you can you can see why I have to make direct comparisons. Oh no, it's fair. It's fair because as people who create open world games, Rockstar should know better where to focus their money on or their development time on. You know, mm-hmm. to make sure that the second half of the game is actually just as good as the first. But I think also when you when you mentioned the hubris, right? It's like the fact that Rockstar they can release anything and it's gonna sell a couple of million units in the first few days because anytime they want. Uh, I, oh, I hate to say this, right? It's like there's a there's a section of the population that's been indoctrined to think that Rockstar games are essential buys. In fact, mm. although <laughs> although I'm not too sure about that because GTA 5's online component it's still being played up to this day I know in fact, I, but yeah. how big is the population okay definitely not as big as Minecraft that's for sure in yeah. terms of like Dota 2 in terms of like not the same numbers League of Legends I would maybe say not the same numbers but that's why I say indoctrinated because these are the people who are just diehard supporters and that population is not increasing it's the same people you know what I mean in terms of like the single player component I can see that but for the multiplayer bit, at least from numbers, lah, from Facebook and any other Twitch stream, I think GTA Online has always been like either top 5 or top 10 at the very least every month. In terms of viewership or in terms of players? Uh, both. Both ways. It's always like top 10 usually. Really? Uh, just, just, be, just believe Fortnite. Somebody and until, who- those, until those numbers go down to like you know they're not even in the top 50 anymore in any stream platform or whatnot not gonna happen Rockstar, yeah yeah Rockstar is still gonna be around with the money they're gonna no, be getting I, from these games no I've said this before like GTA Online is low key the other MMO nobody's aware of ah yes yes that's a, that's a better analogy yeah. because it's f- kind of free the only th- the thing is the only thing you need to pay for is the money you need to spend on the shit that you're gonna play with and I would say like that's the genius of GTA Online is the fact that when you have this cut, this level of investment, it's like when people pay money to get your shark dollars and whatever, and it's like, yeah, you cannot stop playing this game because you've already invested so much into it, right? It's the same way World of Warcraft. It's like once you pay a subscription, like this game, like, oh, how much did you buy it for? $80. No, no, no. That's not the price. The price of this game is $30 a month, okay? Which is literally $300 a year. That's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar game exponentially. Of course, you're not going to stop playing it. So I don't think that there is any real resonance with the GTA Online community in, in terms of actual gamers. It's like, yeah, that's that that's a scene that we're aware of. But I mean, like in terms of Red Dead Redemption, I think they're trying to make Gold Strike twice, but there's less to do in Red Dead Redemption Online because Red Dead Redemption Online is like, you don't have those chaotic bazooka fights in front of a bank. 
Yeah, you must really like cowboys and Indians and riding on horses. And, and as we mentioned guns, very early in the do that. and as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is like, okay, how many Western fans do you know? Why are there exactly. why are there so few Western movies nowadays? Okay, mm-hmm. name one that came out in the last ten years that you really liked. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> I, I can name one: Bella the Buster Scruggs. <laughs> oh, that was a couple of years back. Holy shit! In yeah, the last yeah. ten years, yeah, Bella the Buster Scruggs is a western that came out quite kind of recently. Okay, Three Ten to Yuma doesn't really count. Westworld doesn't really. Three Ten Yuma was about was it ten years or was it eleven? I kind of forgot. Nah, it wasn't ten years ago, sir. It was definitely last decade. Ah, okay. Okay, it's when Russell Crowe and Christian Bale could act together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a remake of Three to Ten to Yuma. But okay, I mean, let's round up this Red Dead Redemption Two talk. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, I agree with you, was definitely more more hubris. And more fluff, more stuff to yeah. pack in, and I'm I respect that. I actually I don't want to be too harsh on them. It kind of yeah. feels nice, like there's something very punk rock about the fact that there's a, a gaming company that exists that they can just do whatever the hell they want, and we have to eat it anyway because yeah, no matter at, what, at least they have, at least they have fun doing it. I mean, I did buy fun? into the whole Red Dead Two story. I mean, for half the time, half the time, <laughs> mm. half the time, yes. I, don't know, I mean, I can't really enjoy games like these anymore because I don't have the time frame as a younger person would. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. when you hit when you hit a certain age, you got no time for story mode. <laughs> you just want to play, get out, get and get ready for work the next day. Yeah, yep. But I think what I'm most disappointed when it came to Red Dead Redemption Two right, was like I really wanted to see how much bigger the world would be or how much they would push the narrative a bit more. Narrative-wise, I think that what they did with the story was interesting, but it was, to me, like a low-level Western. It's like, all right, this is nothing truly mind-blowing. Because it's like, I don't, I don't ever want to put those kind of aspirations in video games because that is too much of a distraction because I want to play stuff. But what I really was disappointed with was the fact that you can't tell the difference in gameplay between Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 other than a few little new things. Yeah, and a lot more things that sort of aggravates, especially with the controls, like... I think mm. the controls here are worse compared to part one in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, it was better on the PC apparently, but I don't know. Mm, Red Dead Redemption 2 is... But it made its money. You know what I mean? To me, it feels like a Transformers movie. You know it's not good, but people are just going to buy it anyway. Because or they, at least average as best. Yeah. Average? Okay, I would not even say average. I would say because I'm going to compare it to its own legacy, Red Dead Redemption 2 really feels quite lackluster compared to the, the jump from Red Dead Revolver to Red Dead Redemption 1. Oh, definitely. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? So it feels like, oh, okay, it's just more of the same. It doesn't feel like, okay, we're going to push this any other way. And when they push it in all the non... Uh, not <laughs> the inconsequential ways where it doesn't affect the gameplay or makes this a, a truly unique and engaging experience, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is... I know it's the same rating I gave when we reviewed it. It's still to me like yeah, it's a five, six upon ten. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> it could have been better. It had the money. It had the time. This is what you yeah. waste your. Sh- you know what I mean? It feels like to me like this is what you wasted all your time and money on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Horse balls. Is this necessary? <laughs> how, and how does this make a game more fun? What? You know, we we hired this guy to make music to sound like Ennio Morricone. Why don't you just hire Ennio Morricone? You can't afford it. <laughs> You made GTA okay, in, 4. In part 2, they can. I don't know why they did not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now we need to get the same guy. And then it's like, you you, th- you you gave him a game award for best music. It's like, that. those are Morricone licks. Those are Morricone chords. Why are we giving... Why are we uh, promoting plagiarism here? This is... <laughs> oh, I'm here to channel, and I hate that word so much. Play tribute, homage. Oh, I, I, I took reference from Ennio Morricone. It's like... Yeah, you also took his salary, dickhead. <laughs> no, no, but okay, besides the point. Uh, like, I can't harp on too much about Red Dead Redemption because like, unlike a lot of games, unlike The Witcher 3, I can't really talk much about it. It was very hard for me to review it. The, like the last time we talked about this game, I really felt like there's nothing that I can do in this game that I think is interesting enough to warrant criticism or warrant any sort of praise. Like, I mean, if you were to compare Red Dead Redemption 1 to Red Dead Redemption 2, right? What is the one thing that, okay, that's improved now? Uh, in gameplay terms, not much. I can't say. In fact, I'd say gameplay twice is actually slightly worse than part <laughs> one. But in terms of story, I mean, at least the, the, that, that bit where it makes me want to actually finish a damn game. What at happens? least it's on par. La. It's on par. Like, what happens to this guy? Does he uh, kill base- him? Does he kill well, everybody? Well, basically, he ends up getting tuberculosis in the end anyway. And you end up playing as John Marston. <laughs> 
And the group, that's how you see how the group shattered and leads, which leads to the story in part one. So it's good to find out how it actually tr- unfolds. Like why Dutch, why people actually followed Dutch in the first place. And once you see what happens in the campfire, in the camp scene, and when you do missions with him, despite the whole aspect of, you know, the same rockstar gameplay where you ride with one guy from point A to point B yeah. with the dialogue, you can see why everyone follows him to hell and high water. So... And then you get gamers like me who's like, okay, now that matters. So you can understand why it's like this doesn't feel interesting or fun to me at all. Because yeah, which is why it's a shame. I kind of wanted the as the, the the combat aspect to actually get better as I play it more. Instead, like I said, corridor shooter all the way from chapter five onwards. Uh, I don't know. It, such a disappointment, to be honest. To be frank. But yeah, so that's why we're paying tribute to Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> the first one at least. That one at least is... That's, Red that's Dead, a light. Yeah. I'm going to say this. The first Red Dead Redemption, yes, is one of my rare eights. <laughs> I'll give that it an eight. It needs to be on PC. I don't know why there's no PC port for this game because I would like to play this on mouse and keyboard. Because licensing, because Rockstar Dollars, because uh, they because they're a company who does what they want. They don't really care what gamers want. They just... They just know if they shit out another GTA next year, yep, they just made a half a billion, they made a billion dollars. Because that <laughs> yeah. game is going to cost $90 for next generation consoles. And I think the battle for next generation consoles is which console will get GTA 6 exclusive first. And mm. like, you can imagine all the discussions and all the boardroom talks right now between Sony, between like uh, Xbox or whoever. Or you know what? Maybe Steam could do the power play. Steam would be like, you have to be Steam exclusive. Or Epic. Uh, or Epic. GTA 6 would be Epic Games exclusive. Epic is like, you have to be Epic Games exclusive. And imagine all the menagerie and all the platters of money and whatever being offered to the guys at Rockstar. is like, okay. I think Rockstar would be like, it's not about the money, it's just about because we can make it exclusive. No, no, no. That hubris, you know? Dude, they did do bullshit like console exclusivity, okay? Yeah, they did. They it did. took a while before GTA actually hit PCs. And you yeah, have to understand. Yeah. Uh, GTA 1, 2, and 3 like sure GTA 3 hands down I'm gonna say it, that sold PlayStation 2's oh yeah that was a PS2 exclusive for about yeah. a year plus right that yeah. Final Fantasy GTA in, in the West especially GTA pushed PS2 sales but once that shit came onto PC BAM hot coffee patch BAM yeah. like GTA San Andreas people don't really remember it as being a console game they remember it more as a PC game Yep, yep. Yeah, and it totally changed the dynamic for that company because once you once you had that distribution, and like when it finally arrived on Steam, phew, unstoppable. Every <laughs> yes. remember the first ten years of Steam sales, where GTA would just top like the most bought game of that year, and it, and the thing is like that game didn't go down to the five dollar range until after like maybe three or four years ago. Actually, I thought Vice City would also be like at the top contender for that. Not San Andreas. No, and then no, when they made the Mega Pack, when it was like three Vice City and San Andreas, it's ah, like okay. it's like oh shit, you know. Every year that game still people still rebuy or buy that game. It's like it blows my mind. It's like Metallica's Black Album. Like today, somebody just bought Metallica's Black Album again. Yeah, and it's like like it's like Michael Jackson's Thriller today, literally on this day in 2020, somebody just bought Michael Jackson's Thriller on iTunes or whatever streaming platform, or maybe even a CD off of eBay, or maybe off of Amazon. It's like GTA is that game. It is trickle down economics at its worst because these developers don't have to care about doing anything ever again, where it's all about hubris and all about whatever the fuck we want. They have lost their edge competitively and it's because I don't think they're uh, I don't think there's any game company that can match that standard they've come to a point where it's like they don't realize how creatively bankrupt they are because they've it's not because they run out of ideas because they I don't think they are being pushed the same way they used to Mm-hmm. and I think that is the problem with Redemption 2 and I think that's why I'm so much worried about GTA 6 because it's like if you think about it in, in hindsight right when you look at Red Dead Redemption 1 right it was like all the GTAs and all like the other side projects like the Warriors game like Midnight Club it led to that point like GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption felt like okay here it is these are the guys who are gonna be on the cutting edge of future gaming and they just lost the ball immediately on the sequel. And that, that that's what hurts our feelings as gamers. It's like, seriously? You, you're going to drop the ball now? 
Yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's also in parallel to when you look at game companies like Blizzard where it's like you look at Starcraft 1 and how that was such a juggernaut and it changed everything. Starcraft 2 drops and it's like they totally lost the plot. They, they totally forgot what it is about the original game that was fantastic. And that they, game also came out the same year as Red Dead 1. So, You know what I mean? It's like and yeah. th- that's the thing. It's like do you really care about Gears of War Five? No, but you no. remember. But you remember. You how, remember part one and part two a lot. You remember part one and how like okay the Hammer of Dawn and how like you when you played that and you looked at it, this is a reason to buy an Xbox three sixty when part two came out and then things got even more wacky like yes. dude you know and it's so strange it's like you look at something like Rockstar it's like man guys what happened to you guys. It's like, yeah. and you and you can't accuse them of selling out because it's like, no, they're their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, uh, if anything, I would love another Red Dead Redemption. Maybe not so soon, definitely. I mean, I just no, want to see what I, rocks. I, I want it soon. I want them to have a stricter deadline. I want them to have stricter editors and stricter lead designers, game designers, and project managers. Less you, of the access, basically. Yeah. I think they are, they're, they're the weird thing. that For a lot of game companies and for a lot of other games out there, I always feel to, like, okay, take your time. Don't rush. Whereas, it, to me, it feels like, okay, this is the opposite. It's like, if they took their time and then like, hey, you know, guess what? Okay, horse balls. <laughs> cool, right? <It's> like, <laughs> no, that, that's not important at all. You had yeah. way too much time. <laughs> Wrong focus, guys. <laughs> who's, in, who's, the, who's the guy in charge of this guy? Like, aren't, no, you, why don't you focus on making horse turning more accurate or less, less accurate? Or like, less tedious or less intensive or faster, basically. You know what I mean? That is, it, I, I appreciated Red Dead Redemption 2 for its overabundance in fluff and whatever. It's like, okay, this is kind of interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's it's over-focused on realism, which is also downfall which is like, for the long run. It's like, this is not in- this is not fun to play at all. Exactly. Does, who is the guy over at the, the Rockstar Studio who's like saying, yeah, but is this fun? No, no we're having fun doing all this shit. No, no, no. But are people going to find this fun? Yeah. I guess the one route they can take is what they did for Red Dead Redemption. They had the Undead Nightmare um, DLC <laughs> the extension. We did not even mention Undead <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figured part two can actually go that route if they want to actually, you know, save time, use the same engine, use the same, some of the same assets, but make a completely different game out of it, you know, a different side story that, they you should know, do, is fun. Actually, they should do what they do with GTA 4 where they did, like, uh, the, the, the Lost the in the Liberty Dam. The Liberty City stories, yeah. Yeah, you know, Something just like have that. side stories. Like, okay, f- have, have one game where you play uh, from the perspective of maybe the Cherokee Indians of that yeah. time. Or you have one where you're like, you're just this humble. Okay, no, you're not so humble. You're this, uh, this, this, this panner. This, I'm gonna go pan for gold. I'm gonna go. I'm, there's gold in them dark hills, and it's the adventures of Cletus McCassidy as he like you go from stream to stream, avoiding fucking like thieves, bandits, and like uh, mountain lions. And it's like yeah. I, ju- I just need to, cl- to claim my stake. <laughs> like love you. Yeah, actually, those are good ideas. I kind of hope that at least like, Rockstar l- can go back to those little four-hour segments. That you're like okay, there you go. You, we, we just get that out of your system. Yeah. No, but they nah. have the engine. They have the game. They already have the game already. Just need to have all these extra episodes, a la GTA Four. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, I think that I think uh, we can wrap it up, right? Red Dead Redemption Two, highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it because uh, you already own it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, if, if there was anything nice to say about Red Dead Redemption Two, what would it be? I actually like how it started. How how it progressed I actually did like the sad story of Arthur Morgan and how he mm. really tried his best to make sure his gang did not do anything stupid to <laughs> and literally failed because again hubris from uh, uh, Dutch himself per se so you which like kind of matches which kind of matches Rockstar's attitude towards yeah. I guess so games. I think yeah okay so you like the story this yeah. is what, what I like about Red Dead Redemption 2 it's on PC <laughs> <laughs> Mods, bro. Mods make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> you can turn off shit once you figure out all the hex codes. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, we should be wrapping up this epic uh, trip back down the old west. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have done the entire review in my fucking Jeff Bridges voice. Uh, from, oh like, my god, you should. Grid. <laughs> Not a Red Dead Redemption 2 is a game. I hate the bird. I hate the bird. <laughs> 
I, I think all your, most of your dialogue will need subtitles. Yeah, the, 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 yeah most of the. <laughs> no, I should no, I should do it in the racist Mexican accent <laughs> from fucking Blazing Saddles. Badges? Yeah. We don't need no badges. <laughs> That's what it needs. It needs like a Blazing Saddles mod, you know, yeah. a black sheriff sh- <laughs> and, and a shitload of dimes. Yeah, <laughs> and a whole bunch of fart jokes too. I guess you want detail? Fine. Anytime you eat beans, you just fart all your way. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, shall we sign off? Uh, yes, yes. This has been your High Plains Drifter, Mr. Toffee. High Plains Drifter! <laughs> wow. The movie or the Beastie Boy song? Both. <laughs> both. both. <laughs> okay. And I'm the outlaw Clint McGruff McTillia. I don't know what to do. Okay, no. I am uh, Clint Eastwood, played by Marty McFly in Back to the Future Part 3. Signing out.